0: Welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy. Produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. The indirect land use debate continues in Milwaukee. I'm your host, John Davis. The debate over the Environmental Protection Agency's proposed renewable fuel standard and the role the indirect land use issue will play continued at the recent 22nd Annual Ethanol Conference and Trade Show in Milwaukee. The American Coalition for Ethanol-sponsored show featured a session with University of Purdue Energy Economist Wally Tyner and Air Improvement Resource President Tom Darlington, who took part in the discussion regarding the indirect land use issue. Tyner says the attitudes toward ethanol and the environment seemed to change in about 2007 when Iowa State researchers published a study that put more of the blame on ethanol for greenhouse gas emissions. A study subsequently found to have overestimated that amount of emissions by several times over. But Tyner argues the idea that growing corn in the U.S. contributes to deforestation in the rainforest is not conclusively backed up by all science.
1: Let me just go straight to the comparison of our current results with those um, from Sertinger and the folks at Iowa State. Um, We, Having made all of these modifications that I described uh, and having put this in a general economic, economy-wide framework, Increases accounted for substitution of DDGs and all those things. Um, our current greenhouse gas emissions are uh, our, our current uh, yeah, greenhouse gas emissions are about 19% of those estimated originally by Surgeons. So we're a long way from the original work that he's done and in the group from Iowa State. Um, We estimated them then, we combined the direct and the indirect, we've used the GREET model from Argonne that everybody else uses to get the direct, although we've done some new things with it recently. One of the things we've done with it recently is to incorporate all of the new technologies. There have been a lot of studies recently about what, okay, we know what
2: the direct emissions were in 2005 or whenever the GREET model
1: was created. Well, what about the new technology? How would that change? And the the blue bar you see on the left uh, shows you the range of direct emissions, whether you use modern technology or old technology. It's a wide range. And then the bars on the right show the range in land-use-induced or indirect land-use emissions, and there's a lot of uncertainty there. The main theme, in fact, uh, that I probably want to leave you with is that all of these results um, are based on what I think is solid science, but they're highly uncertain. Um, our results today, for the, the latest version of the model that we have, and it's a version where we brought the whole world from 2001 to 2006, we put yield increases by crop, by country, population increases, income increases. Increases in what we call factor endowments, capital and labor, etc. for every country in the world. Brought that in. Brought the model up to 2006. And our range today is minus 9 to minus 23.
2: In other words, it brackets the ESA standard. But there's still huge
1: uncertainty in, in these results.
0: And Darlington makes the case that two of the most common economic models used to figure the amount of indirect land use vary too much and don't consider things like dry distillers grains.
2: So here are some concerns that we have with GTAC and some of its assumptions. One is it that the model is generally static; it's fixed in 2001, does not encompass trends in yields of demand, and demand, and it does not include some very significant U.S. land inventory: CRP land, cropland, pasture. It does not include land conversion costs, it ignores methane from more animal and rice production, EPA does include that. Uh, Like I said, the distiller's grain land use credits are a little too low. Problems with fabric. Um, As a modeler, one of the very first things you like to do when somebody runs a model and gets a certain result to it You like to take all of their inputs and their model, and you like to replicate their results so that you know you can get the results before you start doing your own sensitivity analysis. It just makes sense to do that. Uh, And we were able to do that with GTAP because the GTAP is a publicly available model. It's written in a good language. It's very user-friendly. And that's one of the things we appreciate about GTAP. The big problem we have with FAPRI is it's absolutely an unverifiable model. Um, no one outside of the card system and experts, which is two or three different universities, uh, can replicate the results and perform any sensitivity analysis. No one outside of that group of people has ever gotten the thing to run and run correctly. And the one, the model that's applied or that's, that's provided by EPA on the docket itself has all the different spreadsheets there, but all the links are broken, and so you can't. You, no one can run it. No one can replicate the results. So, you know, my view on that is I'm not sure how much value that is if no one outside that system of people can actually replicate it. There is no, uh, so that's our sort of prolific, you know, sort of showstopper there.
0: Meanwhile, Tyner points out that all ethanol produced in the past and the present and even some of the future is grandfathered in and qualifies under the new RFS proposal anyway. He says there's a much bigger issue the industry should be worried about. The biggest
1: issue, as Brian indicated earlier, facing the ethanol industry is not land use. It's the blend wall. We've got tons of work we've done on that. Uh, we're working with uh, our legislators. We're working with industry groups, uh, trying to point out to folks that this is the killer. This is the issue
2: that's going to kill the ethanol industry. If we don't get solved. And it also is a total block for cellulose.
1: Cellulose has a great promise for the future. With the bling wall there, cellulose ethanol will never appear.
0: The indirect land use issue is not one that's going to go away anytime soon, and most experts on both sides agree that there needs to be a better understanding of it. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of domesticfuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.